At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Good morning, everyone. Hey, Jeremiah. Hey, Jen. How are we doing this morning? We're great. Welcome. Welcome. Jeremiah's here this morning. We're going to party. And when I say party, I mean we're going to do news. Yeah, we're going to discuss. <laughs> I got I got, I got, my Pete Wilson stack here. Yes, you do. And uh, we'll see how we do getting through it this morning. It's impressive. Uh, we were, just to let you all know, I announced yesterday that we would be having a visit from Jennifer Hughes, our Jackson County dog warden. She sent me this message this morning and said um, that they're a little short staffed this morning. Uh, you know, some people out sick and this, that, the other thing. So um, she was supposed to come in and talk about dog tags um, because it is dog tag renewal time. Don't forget it's that, that time of year. And listen, here's the deal this is my preach. I do this every year. The dog pound is funded by you buying dog tags it is the law yes if you have a dog they need to be tagged there's a numerous a plethora of reasons why you need to buy your dog a tag yes one of which is to help obviously fund the dog pound who do so much work they are busy busy folks over there absolutely secondly it helps you get your dog home right right and they don't have to go to doggy jail yes um and on and on and on so it's a it's a positive thing so dog tag renewal time you have until it's at the end of, end of the month i think or? the end yes the end of this month um also there are several locations throughout the county where you can buy them you can buy them at the auditor's office you can buy them at the dog pound you can buy them but um owls pampered pooches Owls, Pampered, Pooches, and Oak Hill is also now selling dog licenses. Okay. So if you're in the Oak Hill area, you can it's get it there. Right there on Front Street. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. And also um, the Dog Pound, if you're looking, if you're a dog lover like many of us are, and you're looking to help out out there, they can always use some help and or applications for staff. Yeah, they're always always wanting folks to come out and maybe take the dog, take a dog for yeah. a walk. So or you can volunteer, but also get paid donate. to do it too. <laughs> yeah, and you can donate donate food out there. They're always yeah. taking donations. And yep. Any help you can throw their way, I'm sure she would appreciate. It. That's right. And I even sent Jen pictures of my dogs wearing their dog tags so that she knew that I was uh, you're renewed. Yes. That's good. We're Very good. good. And they, they're, they're black this year, just to let you know. They're a different color every year. Okay. I've never had a black one before. Very good. Um, and they always have dogs up for adoption. Of course. They have a Facebook page. Um, you can get on and check that out. And yes. they post when they're... They're very, they very active on social media. Yes. and Very um, active on social media. So if your dog is missing, if your dog, you know, just any kind of thing like that, uh, give them a shout out or tag them and um, they'll share it, whatever. But anyway, get your dog tags. It is the law. You will get fined if you get caught not having a dog tag. Very good. So there you go. There we go. Jen's preach for the day. All right. Um, so we're going to start off with a, uh, we've got a win advisory. That'll be going in effect this afternoon for Jackson of, and Vinton counties. I could do without the wind. Yeah, remember we, last year when we had all this wind and it yes, was horrible. It was it was bad bad around this time of year. Yes. and I actually um, had damage to our roof. Yes, uh, because you know, and we had to turn it into our home insurance. Yep. and we ended up bad having deal. to get a new roof put in and everything. But uh, the 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 winds uh, that are set for this afternoon aren't as bad as you know what we had last year around this time. Um, the wind advisory will be in effect at 4 p.m. this afternoon, Friday, January 12th through 8 a.m. Saturday, January 13th. They are expecting winds 20 to 30 miles per hour with gusts up to 45 miles per hour expected. 
Um, as a reminder, yep. you know, gusty winds can blow around unsecured objects. So yes. be sure to secure those like trash cans or if you still have Christmas decorations out, be sure to go out and maybe take those down or secure them so yep. they don't blow away into your neighbor's yard or down the Flower street pots, or in the yard, all, the, all that all stuff. All the deck chairs, all the random things that can fly through the air. Right. <laughs> and when you're out traveling this afternoon and evening, uh, keep in mind that these winds are strong enough to be able to blow down tree limbs and... Uh, when that happens, you, know, you could have some power hits. Yes. So um, just use extra caution when driving, and uh, don't forget to secure those outdoor objects. That's exactly right, um, just for the safety of everybody and everything. Yes. So um, yesterday morning, I was hoping, just yesterday in general, Jen, I was hoping for a quiet day. Of Not just, so much. Just sitting at my desk <laughs> and playing catch-up from... You know, I've had a lot of meetings this week. Yeah. But we had some breaking news yesterday morning, yeah. Jen. Um, a Jackson man was flown to Columbus following a crash that occurred Thursday morning, January 11th. His uh, vehicle ultimately ended up partially inside a mobile home there in Jackson Look at that. Township. That is insane so, to uh, me. Yeah, so this at approximately 9.39 a.m., emergency personnel were dispatched to a single vehicle crash there along... U.S. Route 35 near Milepost 4 in Jackson County. Uh, according to the High State Highway Patrol, Brandon Queen, 24 of Jackson, was driving, as you can see there in the picture, it's a gray-collared 2015 Dodge Ram. Wow. He was traveling westbound on U.S. Route 35 when his vehicle crossed the median and crossed the eastbound lanes of U.S. Route 35. He then traveled off the roadway into a yard across the driveway he then, as you can see in the picture there, struck struck that tree, then struck a utility pole, and then struck Holy the mobile God. home, and the truck, as you can see, came to rest partially inside that mobile home there. That is nuts. So this uh, this mobile home is located, um, it's between Brohard Road and Savageville Road, west of Jackson. That section of roadway was closed for a period of time as the helicopter from MedFlight had to sure. land out there to pick uh, Mr. Queen up. He was flown to Grant Medical Center in Columbus for injuries. Now, no one was home at the time. Thank God. Yeah, that the truck smashed it through the mobile home or into the mobile home there. Um, <clears throat> I spoke to the homeowner there. That is Harley Causey, 20 of Jackson. Uh, she told me that her family had just finished remodeling the mobile home oh, with, no. plans, with plans to hook up utilities. Ugh. And um, Causey, along with her 22-month-old and her husband, Chase, 19 of Jackson, were all planning to live in the home. Uh, the family had been working on renovating that mobile home since September of 2023. Uh, she noted that the mobile home was totaled following the crash. She said it had bent Bent the frame of the mobile. I'd even. say so. Um, I will say that a GoFundMe account has been set up online to help the family, and uh, it is unknown whether or not the family had any kind of home insurance yet on that Oof. mobile home there. How on earth did that happen? It's Does anyone know? Just one of those. No, I, I didn't say in the release. Um, it just said that the crash remains under investigation by the Jackson Post of the highway. That the Ohio State Highway Patrol. That is a bizarre one. That is definitely a series, a series of events there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, could have definitely been. Um, well, much worse. Much worse, um, especially when he crossed into the incoming traffic. Could have hit somebody head on. Yep. Um, somebody would have been in that home working on renovating it. Still. Oh. Know, doing move maybe moving stuff in even. You That's know, right. You I think of young couple with a baby. With a baby. Oh my gosh. So, um. Just everybody. Everybody seems to be okay, and the Good. the gentleman was flown. Um, it didn't say that he was in like serious condition or anything, but did yeah. say for injuries. Yeah, I think that he uh, should be okay. Hope so. From what so, I've heard, so, so that was yeah. a, a bit of breaking news that I ventured out <laughs> to yesterday. You yesterday get into some dillies out there on thirty five, don't you? Yeah, at and, least it uh, wasn't a semi driving backwards down the road. Right? Yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a different story. There, that was but, a whole other hoot. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're gonna stay on on the the beat of some some of that kind of that kind of news there Jen um, so we have a story this happened earlier in the week okay uh, this isn't a crash but kind of a this is a crime crime story okay um, a chill coffee man was allegedly assaulted with a hammer on Monday afternoon at a business in Jackson the suspect a homeless man who's pictured there was taken into custody following the incident oh my 
Um, the Jackson Police Department was dispatched to a call of an assault at Wheat Ridge Barns, located at 826 East Main Street. If you're trying to think of where that is, that's across from Rowdy's. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is that that place? That's the place they're across from Rowdy's, and they have also have beauty halls. Wait, there's an assault at the barn place? Yes. That is where this took place, was at the what? Wheat Ridge Barns. So so we'll, we'll get into what happened here. Um, officers arrived um, on scene to find the male, a male victim laying in the gravel parking lot with several individuals around him. Uh, the victim had been covered up with a blanket and was bleeding from the mouth and face, and there was also a puddle of blood under the back of the male's head. No. Um, the victim was identified as Randall Smith, 67, of Chillicothe. Smith is the business manager there at the uh, Wheat Ridge Barns, which also rents U-Haul trucks. Yeah, I mean, I see them there all the time. I assume it's the same gentleman I, I see older, all, there all gentleman. the time. Yeah, yeah, older gentleman. And um, the suspect, who's in the picture there, um, it was identified as 59-year-old James W. Weaver. His address is listed as Norfolk, Virginia. However, he's known to stay in the wooded area near the Jackson bike path. Okay. Yes. And um, officers smoke with Smith and learned that Weaver had arrived at the business trying to rent a U-Haul prior to the assault, but didn't have any funds to rent one. Smith had gone outside to use the restroom in a porter potty. When he had finished using the restroom, uh, Mr. Weaver there had asked to use the restroom. And when Weaver had walked past Smith, he, I guess, turned around and struck him in the back of the head with a hammer. What on earth? Smith fell to the ground, but was able to get the hammer away from Weaver. Smith stated Weaver fled towards Tractor Supply following the confrontation. Um, police collected the hammer, which was lying beside Smith as evidence. The hammer was reported to have blood on the handle. Uh, Smith was transported to Holzer Medical Center, Jackson, where he was later flown to the Ohio State University Trauma Center due to so. the extent of his injuries. Yeah. And uh, several police units patrolled the area where Weaver is known to stay police was able to locate Mr. Weaver. He was bedded down in thick brush next to a creek that runs behind along, no, the creek that runs along the bike path in the area behind Callahan, excuse me, Callahan Hardware yes. there on Veterans Drive here in Jackson. Weaver was arrested without incident. He was transported wow. to the Jackson Police Department. They secured him in a holding cell. Uh, turned out that he was on probation so they contacted the probation department, and as such, he was put on a probation holder. He was transported to the Jackson County Correctional Facility and released to their custody. This case is being uh, submitted to the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office for review. Possible charges, according to JPD, are aggravated robbery and felonious assault. I'd say so. That hammer so will kind get of a, you. Yeah, kind of an inter interesting uh uh, story that unfolded that's, just up the road here from our office. Yeah, that sounds like uh, some rational thinking was and not I, involved. I missed it all, Jen. I was at lunch. <laughs> I was at lunch See around what you the get time. When I you know. Go to lunch. Go to lunch and you miss all the excitement. So, Dang it. Um, well, again, just hope everybody's okay in that situation. So we're we're going to move away from the breaking news and the in the crime and uh, talk about some uh, get into some community news, and okay. business news, and that kind of stuff. Um, over over the weekend-ish and the latter part of last week, the uh, 99th Annual Ohio Ferry Managers Association Convention was held. That was January 4th through the 7th there in Columbus. Mm -hmm. And during this convention, they always have the 2024 Ohio Fair Queens Contest. Yes. This year, there were 78 Ohio Fair Queens that competed in the contest. And among those that competed, you can see on, their, on the screen, that is Vinton County Fair Queen Madeline Kane. And then you also had Jackson County Fair Queen Madeline uh, Fannin. Yeah. Who also competed. Yes. And um, both of those, both of those royalty, both of the queens, you know, they were crowned fair queens this past sure. year. Yeah. In July yes. 2023. And um, a little bit about, a little bit about what happened at that contest here. Uh, it was on Thursday, January 4th during the convention. A top 15 were narrowed down. And Fannin and Kane were both chosen to top fifteen. Wow! Out of out how of, many? Out of seventy-eight. Holy moly! So that's 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 very good. That's feat. amazing. Yes. And then uh, later that same evening, the top five were named, and Kane advanced into the top five. Woohoo! And um, Kane ultimately became the twenty twenty four Ohio Fair Queen third runner up. 
So she didn't get the top place, but she made wow. it in the top three. Way to so go, there she sisters. is holding holding her holding her plaque there and her flowers that you know names her third runner up. That's awesome. Out of seventy eight, out of seventy eight other fair queens. That is so good. And uh, shout out to Fannin too for making it in the top fifteen. Yes. So um, Kane, uh, you know, is was pictured there. That was on Saturday. They did the crowning announcement of you wow, know those placements so cool. on. Saturday, January 6th is when they crowned Queen, the top Queen. And that was um, Leah Shuhart from Muskingum County. Uh-huh. She was the top winner in that contest this year. Very cool. So congratulations to those girls um, representing Jackson and Vinton County and the fairs and up in Columbus there, the big city. That is so good. Um, earlier this week, Jen, the Oak Hill Area Chamber of Commerce kicked off their first meeting of the new year. And you can see the chamber members here. Um, each year, the first meeting, they always uh, elect their officers for the new year. And the folks that were the officers this past year got reelected to the same positions. So you have there that is um, treasurer. Uh, that's, br- let me see here, Caleb Bradford. And then you have uh, the president, that's Curtis Strickland. And then secretary, that's Judy Hamilton. And there on the far right, for those watching on the TV, that is your Vice President, Bruce Barhurst. And uh, a little bit about the Oak Hill Chamber meeting. They, during this meeting, they announced their dates for their meetings. And those dates will be February 12th, March 11th, April 8th, May 13th, June 10th, July 8th, September 9th, October 14th, and November 11th. And... Um, those meetings are held at noon at the Liberty Theater Community Center there in the village of Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. And they also shared some uh, uh, events that they directly received. There's a number of those. Um, you always have the Oak Hill Chamber Yard Sale and Amish Business Showcase. Yes, that's, that's a big in, one. That's held in Etna Park there in Oak Hill. Um, they've got a date scheduled for June 1st for that this year. The Oak Hill Chamber Picnic which I think also serves as their meeting for the month of August. That'll be August 12th at Central Memorial Park. The Oak Hill Chamber Pumpkin Walk, which is always held in October. That's a big one, too. That's also at Central Memorial Park. That'll be October 12th, uh, as long as the weather is good. And then the Oak Hill Chamber Christmas Party, that's held at the Liberty Theater on December 9th this year. So um, they also reminded that uh, it is that time of year again when folks can renew their chamber memberships or join chamber memberships. Okay. And um, you can get on the Oak Hill Chambers Facebook page. There's a sheet on there that you can print off and fill out, and you can mail that to the Oak Hill Area Chamber of Commerce. That's P.O. Box 354, Oak Hill, Ohio, 45656. And there are membership dues that are need to be included with that sheet. There's different ones for individuals, businesses, organizations. Um, so there's kind of different levels. They said that the membership dues are used to promote and market businesses and support activities in the Oak Hill area. The Chamber is a 501c6 nonprofit organization. Okay. And they work together to bring area businesses, organizations, leaders, citizens to achieve the common goal of keeping Oak Hill a great place to live. That's awesome. So it's a little bit about the chamber. Always a fun meeting to go to. Um, they did, I didn't mention it in here, but I'm working on a story about the world's largest acorn. Yes. Where and, are we uh, at with the world's largest acorn? So uh, I can tell you, <laughs> I can tell you that they have secured the funding for that. And they announced that at the latter part of 2023. So exciting. That they have, it's like over... $30,000 they've collected in donations. Love that. Uh, 10000 or I think it was 10000 or it was it's either 5000 or 10000 of that. I think it was 10000 came from the Ohio Arts Council. <clears throat> yeah. They did like a match grant. But then they had to match. And they had to match. And So um, listen, if you're not excited about this, this, like get over yourself. This is fun and cool. It's going to be like, really neat. I'm sorry, but you know, if you're, if you're like the Scrooge that's like, that's stupid this is awesome it's gonna be really cool yeah um they said that they are so there's a company down near the Oak Hill area that is manufacturing this out yes. of strips of metal 
and then it'll be painted and it'll be the world's largest acorn. It'll be in Central Memorial Park is where they're going to be placing it. <laughs> and um, they 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 need to get with the business to try to nail down a completion date for that. And once they have that, they are going to be announcing like this big old celebration for it it's with a big grand so reveal. Cool, they said yeah. something about having the fire department involved where they have it like covered up with a big like tarp and they'll pull a tarp off. I and love that. Reveal the big acorn and. Yeah, so here's here's the one. This is in... Um, this is the current world's largest Yes, yeah, so North Carolina is uh, where this one is located, and it's going to be... It's You're going to be bigger down. Than, You're going down North Carolina acorn. Yeah, it's supposed to be bigger than this one. Yes. And uh, we're, we're excited to see what that uh, finished product will end up looking like. <laughs> and um, it's just been exciting. They, they worked all last year. They were hoping to get it done during the uh, sesquicentennial down yes. there in the village of Oak Hill during that celebration. So um, they're hoping to get it uh, done here in the first part of 2024. Gonna that. be cool. So, well, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure I'll be there. We'll do. We'll do live <laughs> coverage of this big reveal. Of the it's egg so corn. So fun. I don't know why it's just fun. It is a lot of, they're hoping. They're hoping it'll be a kind of a tourist attraction. Yeah. You know, as you're driving along 35, you'll see a sign or something that says, "Yeah, yeah world's like, largest world's egg corn." This way. And it's like so the Griswold family vacation. Right. Like, yeah. It'll be one of those stops. Yes. You know? Like so. it is fun. And like, they. Come on. They, I, I don't have my notes with me, but they had mentioned that um, um, John Kerry, uh, uh -huh. who was the director for the Appalachia was a government uh -huh. office, he had got a hold of Strickland and talked about um, there's something called the Ohio Arts Corridor. Mm -hmm. And I guess Strickland had reached out to the guy that's over that. And, um, so like add it to it. That may be, there may be nice. added to that. It does meet the qualifications and, um, he didn't say kind of yay or nay, but I guess that individual, um, is going to be trying to come to the reveal. So maybe he'll make that announcement that it's been added to the, this corridor, but it's like a series. It's like over like 150 miles. It's like a 150 mile tour trail that you can take and stop at these different like sculptures and murals and stuff here in Southern Ohio. That is awesome. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Um, I wanted to, I don't have a picture for this, um, but I wanted to mention that the Jackson County Board of Commissioners met on Monday, January 8th to elect their board's officers and committee assignments for 2024. And, um, this year, it was announced that Commissioner Paul Hauer will serve as board president. Okay. And Commissioner John Hensler will serve as the board vice president. And then, you know, you have Commissioner Donnie Willis there mm -hmm. as well. And um, the committee assignments that they serve over for 2024 will remain the same as those that were issued in 2023. And I know covering commissioners in the past, um, several years ago, they started doing kind of a rotation for president and vice president. Okay. So they kind of rotate through the three that are elected each year so that everybody kind of gets a turn. Gotcha. Versus one person staying president, you know, for several years. Right. So that's kind of good that they do that. Yeah. Um, in the city of Wellston, we are going to talk about the folks up there uh, on the screen for those watching on the TV you have uh, Wellston Mayor Anthony Brenner is swearing in. That's Rick Hudson as president of Wellston City Council. Hudson will be serving a two-year term. <coughs> and then if you can throw that other picture up there, Hayden. We'll go through it real quick, too. Uh, here you have uh, Wellston Mayor Anthony Brenner swearing in five members of the Wellston City Council. Shown from the left are third ward councilman Fred Doobie. Second Ward Councilman Hunter Skaggs, At-Large Council Members Roby Browning, Walter Bub Norris, and Teresa Pond LeMaster. Each will serve two-year terms. And it should be noted that later in the meeting, uh, Mr. Norris there resigned from his At-Large Council position. And Council yes. immediately appointed him to a Fourth Ward Council seat. Right. So the Fourth Ward Council seat came open at the end of 2023. Yes. Uh, Lynn Carey had not, did not seek re-election. She resigned at the end of the year. Yep. So that caused a vacancy in that position. Um, and you have to, you have to live in that ward yes. to be eligible for that seat. But in um, at large, you can live anywhere. Yes. So. Like it's a citywide position. Yeah. So by him uh, resigning from that and then moving to the fourth ward, which he does resign in, um, they'll be able to market that at large seat. And I have a little more information about that in a second. 
um, for those that may be interested in applying. Okay. Um, I will say this: all all the swearing ins there took place on Thursday, January fourth, and um, we you know we went through each of the uh, different members there. Um, we we'll, we'll touch on we'll touch on all of them a little bit here real quick because we we have some time. Uh, Rick Rick Hudson, you know, he was elected and sworn in as Wilson City Council President. He had no opposition during the twenty twenty three November general election. So he uh, received you know 887 complimentary votes. Um, prior to him being in this election, he had been appointed president and council by the Wilson City Caucus of the Jackson County Republican Party, and that was in May of 2022 that he was appointed to fill out that term that was left vacant by former Wilson City Council President David McWilliams. Uh, McWilliams had been elected to a two-year term as president and president of council. And um, that was during the 2021 election cycle. And uh, Mr. Hudson there had filled out that term, which ran through the end of 2023. So he had to seek re-election. And he, you know, obviously got the seat because nobody ran against him. <laughs> yeah. As long as he voted for himself, he yeah. was good. But, you know, 887 other people voted for him. <laughs> so that's good. They must have faith in him. Um, Teresa Pond Lamaster and Ruby Browning were both uh, re-elected during the general election in November. They both uh, did not have any opposition. They also received complimentary votes, and they were returning members of council. They've been on council um, the last few years as well. Ruby's been on for longer than Teresa. And then we talked about uh, Walter Bub Norris. Um, he was originally appointed to fill a vacancy at large council. That was August of 2022. Uh, prior to the 2023 election cycle, you know, he had indicated that he not he did not wish to seek a new term, uh, and no one had filed for his seat. And I guess when no one runs for the seat, um, you kind of keep the seat if you don't resign. Oh, is kind of how that works, I guess. Per really? uh, yeah, it's somewhere in the revised code. There's something about. Unless somebody else, like he resigns or somebody else is elected <clears throat> to the position, then you kind of keep it. So he, um, you know, kept that and was sworn in for that at large, but then immediately resigned and took the fourth ward seat, like we talked about. <laughs> it's like musical. Musical chairs there. <laughs> yeah. And um, Angela Spangler, who was in atten attendance on. Thursday, you know, she was elected as four, first ward councilwoman. Uh, she had retained her seat during the election, had no opposition. Um, now, Hunter Skaggs, he's a newcomer to council this mm -hmm. year, and he had filed as a write-in candidate during the election. He was elected, uh, had no opposition, and um, that seat was left vacant by former councilwoman Madison Vance. She, she had resigned in early December this past year. Um, she had moved out of the state. That makes it a little hard to represent, doesn't yes. it? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I did do a brief interview with Skaggs since it was his first time on city council. Um, young man, 23, of Wellston. He resides there in the second ward. He's lived there since 2021 with his wife, Shay, and uh, their son, Timothy. And he's never served on city council before. And, you know, I asked him why he decided to run. Yeah. And uh, here's here's what he told me. This is in quotes. Uh -huh. uh, he said, I see that citizens of the country, the state, the city, and the county have learned, in, his, in my opinion, that we cannot really trust the federal government to support and defend our interests and our people, said Hunter. Uh, so I feel like the best way that I can make sure, in my opinion, that has been done correctly is to get on a seat that has a say, and that's why I run. Why I ran. That's cool. So he's a he's a he's not a he's a 2019 graduate of Jackson High School. Uh, while in school, I'd looked. Um, he was involved in the drama club, involved in several productions, also involved in soccer, Jackson County 4-H program. After graduation, he had joined the Marine Corps and had gone to boot camp in November of 2019. And he received an honorable discharge in July of 2023. He was a military police officer and served one deployment to Cuba. Uh, before and after that, he sure served a short time. He worked at the Jackson County Correctional Facility as a corrections officer. Hmm. And in September of 2022, he got a job at the Jackson County Juvenile Court as a probation officer. 
And earlier in early 2023, he switched to a bailiff position at the juvenile court, which he currently held holds. But he was uh, he's very grateful for the opportunity to represent the community on council. And um, just he said it's he appreciates everybody's support. Sure. Um, Fred Doobie, who we talked about, he was uh, so he had filed as a independent candidate for the third war position. If you recall, um, some of those folks, when the filing happened, had their candidacy invalidated. There was a lot of that. This there was year. a lot of that this past year. Yeah, and um, he was one of those. So he he didn't appear, and he was kind of in the same boat that you know he didn't resign, but nobody ran. So he kind of I guess got to keep it by default. By yeah. default, and um, so he got sworn in for you know two more years, I guess. Oh my. Okay. So that's kind of a rundown of Wilson City Council and all the folks there. As always, the Wilson City Council meets on the first and third Thursdays of each month at 7 p.m. They're at the Wilson City Council Chambers. That's on the second floor of the city building. Okay. Those meetings are um, those meetings are live streamed. They have a Facebook page, Wilson City Council meeting page or something of that nature, and you can get on and watch those live. If And you're you're welcome to attend and watch them in person, too. Okay. If you want to know more about your city government. Uh, we were talking about that vacancy at the at-large council. Yeah. So if you are interested in that seat. Yeah, like how do you become that person? Yes. Um, so they, they say that all interested parties for the citywide council seat need to appear at the next Wilson City Council meeting which is Thursday, January 18th at 7 p.m. Letters of interest and resumes can be sent to Wilson City Clerk Mindy Barry Eisenogle. You can email that to her at mizenogle at thecityofwilson.org, or you can hand deliver it to the mayor's office during regular business hours there at the Wilson City Building. For anybody that is interested, don't forget you need to be a registered voter and uh, I know for some other positions, I think you have to resign at least a year in the city as well. Okay. So, all right, we're going to talk some business, Jen. <gasps> We've had a lot of new businesses and or change of ownerships to businesses. Okay. Uh, this past year and starting off this year. So we got a couple we're going to talk about. Um, the first one we're going to talk about is a uh, local family that has purchased the former Marie Laveau Bar and Grill. Yeah. They're in downtown Jackson. And the, the family which purchased the bar has a special family connection they to do. it that precedes the prior owners. Yeah. Um, Beth Ingalls, who is pictured there on the far right, uh, that she is one of the co-owners on the on the far left there. That is uh, Ken, that's um, Jess and Kinsey Parker. Uh, Kinsey Parker is Beth's daughter. Uh-huh. And then Jess, that's you know her son-in-law. Uh-huh. Um, they went together and bought a bar, as the sign says yes. there. And uh, she, you know, we sat down for an interview with uh, with Beth, Jess, and Kinsey uh, recently, and she explained why the bar was special to the family. Her her grandparents, uh, Charlie and Ernst Ernstein Sprout is it Sprouse, mm-hmm. uh-huh. yes, once owned the bar. Uh, many in the community may remember or recall the Sprouse's business being called Charlie's Bar. Charlie's Bar, yeah. Charlie's Bar. Oh, it was Charlie's Stag Bar there. <laughs> I, it, it was. And yeah. she talked a little bit about that. Um, and, the you know, the Sprouse's had sold the bar in 2002. Yeah. And then um, we'll, we'll talk a little. Like you said, you know, when it first opened, it was Charlie's Bar and it was a stag bar, men only. <laughs> And uh, she she told me that um, you know her her grandmother ended up taking over the bar because her grandpa Charlie wasn't very good at it. That's why Christine uh. t- took over the bar. So that's uh, kind of you know she said she said grandma was the one that actually made the business blossom. Yeah. She said that um, she was she was the face of Charlie's and everybody you know loved her and when they came in they were there to see Christine. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, they had it for 30, <laughs> 30 plus years, she said. And uh, in December, you know, 2023, as I said, Ingalls and her daughter, Kenzie, and son-in-law, Jesse, purchased the bar. They were very happy to have the bar back in the family after all these years. It's such a cool, like, come full circle story, it is. right? It's very neat. Yeah. And um, you know, Kelly Kelly Landrum, she owned uh, Marie Laveau's. Yes. She had it for over 20 years. Yep. There. I can't believe that either. Yes. A long, long, notable time there as well. 
Um, she said, you know, in addition to getting the bar back in the family, they decided to purchase the bar because they were looking for a business business adventure to go on. And she noted that she has managed rich restaurants for 18 years. And, you know, she said, you know, Kenzie and Jess have both grown up around the restaurant in- industry as well. Um, the new business is called Parker's Place. Mm-hmm. You'd know, be wondering a little bit about the name. Uh, she explained that when they were tossing around names, she pushed pushed for Parker's Place because in the end, the business is being built for her children and grandchildren. Parker is um, Jess and Kenzie's last name. Yeah. So that's how the name came about. The family hopes to keep the business in the family for years to come. And that business is located at 203 East Main Street in Jackson. And, uh, you know, they've had it for probably a month or more yeah. now. And um, they've been very thankful for all the support and the folks reaching out. Um, she did talk a little bit about some of the stuff in the business. I guess there's a mantle in there that is 100 plus years mm-hmm. old. Very neat. Um, she said that they may work to restore it actually yeah it's you know seen better days but it's beautiful pieces of work there's um yes and then the the bar and the back (laughs) bar and in that building is um good luck trying to recreate something like that right it is phenomenal it is very neat she talked about the bar top she said that um the money that is in the bar, bar top she said charlie had acquired when he was in vietnam Oh, okay. There's a little history about the yeah. money that you see in that bar top there in front of the mantle. So that's pretty neat. Um, they said they offer a wide variety of liquor, and they've been adding some uh, different ones as they find out what customer needs mm-hmm. and wants are. They said um, they offer a wide variety of beer selection, mostly um, domestic uh-huh. beer. And um, they said right now the business features typical bar food menu, but there are plans to roll out a brand new menu with all kinds of different foods. And um, Ingle's son, uh, Alec Johnson, is currently the chef. And they have plans to put a commercial kitchen in, and they want to um, redo it all to make it more of a family-oriented business. Okay. uh, For folks to come in of the evening and eat. And then they're also going to, you know, keep it to where the, that late night, late night crowd can come in, mm-hmm. you know, for the bar atmosphere as well. So they're going to be doing, um, some remodeling and expanding. Um, the one part of the bar that's not open, mm-hmm. they plan to do some remodeling over there as well. Yes. for Extra, extra seating. And, um, the current business hours are Thursdays from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Fridays and Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 2.30 a.m., and you can check them out on Facebook, and uh, they were just excited to uh, bring you know, Grandpa and Grandma's business back to life. Just, that's so cool how it went full circle. Yeah. There. So keep an eye on them. 2024, they're going to be um, working hard to uh, just do all the changes and growth there at that business. Sure. So... Um, another new business here that opened, um, a future look 3D, 4D ultrasound and photography LLC. I believe you yes. had the business owner on. Miss Carrie. Yes, Miss Carrie. She had her ribbon cutting. Yep. That took place on Thursday, January 4th. They cut the ribbon there and the Jackson Area Chamber of Commerce was on hand along with several other uh, board members and yeah, Jackson Mayor Randy Evans and Mayor Wilson Mayor Anthony Brenner, Sam Brady of the Jackson County Economic Development Partnership, and many others were in attendance for that. Um, is it Carrie Coin? Coin, yeah. Coin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a few. She is that business. A future look can be found at the Office Commons in Jackson. That's one three five East Huron Street. And uh, she has served as an ultrasound technician for over 10 years. Yes. She works with the team at Holzer Health System in yep. addition to her, her new venture. And um, she said she found a deep love for her trade early in her career. And um, what, what this business will be able to uh, offer folks is they'll utilize um, advanced technology to provide... Um, unparalleled quality in 2D, 3D, 4D readings that can clearly define the growing infant's adorable features. It is gender, so cool. And much more. Yeah. It is so cool. I, I wish this was around, you know, I know. When, well, right? when Noah was still in womb. You basically you know? get to to meet your baby before you meet your before baby. Before you meet your baby. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's it's super really cool. cool. So um, they they have you know a number of pack- packages and um, they invite people to uh, check them out. They uh, have a website that you can check out. It is uh, www.afuturelook.com. You can get on there and make appointments and learn more about the business. Yep. So super cool new business there yeah, in Jackson. Yeah, it is. So something that you see in the big cities, somebody right. you know brought to to Jackson. little old Jackson. That's, That's right. awesome. Yep. Yep. Um, we're gonna talk about the Wellston former Louvie Theater. Oh no! Again. Again. So you know, at one point. <laughs> At one point, it was on the chopping block. Yes, and the city had purchased it for ten grand, and recently they had re- secured a grant to clean it out. So these are some photos. Wait, is this the in- so? Oh, this my. is the inside. So the last photo there was, uh, you know, a, some of the debris, and then this is a picture of it for those on the TV watching. Wow, where it had been cleaned out on the inside. So a lot of people didn't know because if you drove by the Louvie Theater, you're like, well, it's just a building standing there, but there was like no roof on yeah, it. Yeah, there's no roof. Um, <laughs> the prior. So that was part of the, you know, major issue. Yeah, part. So the prior owners, uh, MacArthur residents, Steve and Melissa Ham- Hamden yeah. had owned this and um, they had purchased it in May of 2018 and they had expressed intent to renovate the theater, but later had changes of plans. And um, the picture that's on the screen, we'll get to in a minute. Um, if you take it down, Hayden, take it down, and we'll we'll talk about it in a second. The uh, they had taken the roof down. The Hamden Hammonds did, yeah. And when they took it down, you had all the debris that was inside. They were working on cleaning out, and then you had the roof debris and everything. But they had gotten into, I think, another another project and kind of moved on from this and. Um, as you can see there, the you know the theater was still without a roof, but the uh, roof joists and walls had remained uh-huh. still structurally sound, and uh, there was you know talk as I said uh, there was there was grant funding by the Jackson County Land Bank. They, they it was on the chopping block. To yeah, be I mean it was going to be torn down. It was going to be torn down, and um, they, the Hamden Hammonds had even uh, signed a voluntary consent with the land bank to have the theater demolished. And um, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, we got to save this. It's a part of history. It's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately the city had purchased it for, you know, 10 grand. And, um, you know, that was a Art Deco style theater located there in the heart of the city of Wellston. Yeah. Kind of like the Marquet. Kind of like the Marquet. And um, so the you can go ahead and throw that picture back up there, Hayden. So this is a... Um, I don't know what you call this, a, a, rendering. Dra- a rendering or a drawing of what could could be the okay. future of the Louvie. So the um, these are designs from a project engineer. So that, that's what the outside would look like and the inside would oh, look wow. like of the Louvie Theater. Now, this is all kind of like hopes and dreams. Sure. Um, the city of Wellston has, uh, let me see here. They have applied for additional funding through the Appalachia Community Grant Program. Okay. Which that's that $500 million program gotcha. that provides planning and development of grants for communities across the 32 counties in Appalachia. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people wanting a piece of that pie. And yes. the city has the Louvie on there as a part of one of the projects they hope. There's a number of projects they hope to do there in the city, but that's one of them that is on the list. And the uh, proposed use concept is a venue space for public events and private rental events. And, um, you know, the building will need a new roof and workable utilities and facilities, you know, restrooms, floors, etc. And that's all that they they hope to do all that with that grant funding if they secure it. And um, like I said, it is one of several projects the city had submitted funding for. They should learn in the early part of 2024 here whether or not they'll receive grant funding. And so it'll be interesting to see if they do get that, if they can make that come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very, that, very fun project. That The Louvie opened in the 1930s and was operated as a classic movie theater. Uh, the theater served as a location for entertainment while res- representing the economic pr- uh, prosperity of the town <laughs> that's a, a big word um unfortunately the theater suffered from de- 
decreased attendance and shut down in 2003. Yeah. I can remember as a kid watching Toy Story 2 at that theater. I feel like we've had this discussion. Beverly Hills Cop, I went to see. I remember it. Like, I don't know why. I just remember that. Right. <laughs> and uh, that was one of the last big films that they had at that at the Louvre was Toy Story 2. Um, Matt Fields, who was former yeah. owner and uh, had it for a number of years um, when it shut down, um, he said that that movie kept them afloat long enough uh, to get the transition for Jackson to the Tri-City Theater. Gotcha. That he had once owned it too. So a little bit there about that. <laughs> um, let me see here. Since we're getting down the time, we can come to that next week. Uh, touch on that next week. Touch on that next week. I'm trying to save myself a little bit for next week, Jen, when we come in. Um, cause you know, Mr. Pete Wilson's been on vacation. So he has. I'm sure we'll. He departed the scene. He did. So, uh, I'm sure I'll be back in next week to do some news as well. Um, the big, the big diamond, the big red diamond club has announced that it's 2024 spring baseball, softball, t-ball registration is now available online. Mm-hmm. If you get on their Facebook page, it's under the same, you know, big red diamond club. Just search that. You can find it on Facebook. They have a link on there that takes you to a form that you can fill out for that registration. Okay. Um, if you're not comfortable doing it that way, they will be doing one in-person registration on Saturday, February 24th. But the time and location for that has yet to be determined. Yeah, it's a little still, well, we're not too far out, are we? We're in the last, no. about a month away. Yeah. And, um, but you can do it online. It's real quick. It's a super simple form. I went and checked it out. Okay. That you can fill out. And, um, they are still looking for sponsors for the 2024 season. So anybody that wants to be a sponsor for that, I know they usually have a big group of kids involved in that program out there. And the registration will close on Sunday, February 25th. And once again, for more information, you can visit the Big Red Diamond Club Facebook page. Very good. Uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, uh, the Colton Historical Society will be having a meeting at noon at the James A. Rhodes Community Center there in Colton. And the meeting agenda will include um, a number of things. They'll be going through their bylaws and their 501c3 status. There'll be proposed membership fee schedule. There'll be The thing that caught my eye was they're going to talk about the rehab of Governor James A. Rhodes' birthplace. Oh. Which is right up from the community center there. Interesting. And um, potential funding maybe for that. What is it, it right now? What? The birthplace? Yeah. It's it's just there. It's there in the Does village. someone live in it? No, or? nobody lives there. Oh, okay. It's uh, just kind of it's just like kind of set. Or it's no, just, it's not open or anything. It's not anything. Oh, okay. No. There's signage out in front of it that says that it's the birthplace, but there's I don't think you I don't think you can access it or anything. Interesting. But I think that that maybe they're they're wanting to do some rehab to maybe that would be, cool. be able to make it into. Uh, there's been talks in the past by the Colton Historical Society, which I think I don't know if they they own it or lease it or how that works. Okay. But um, there's been talk by different organizations that they kind of want to save it you know it needs yeah. a, i remember at one point there's a lot of talk that it needs a lot of work you know because Not nobody's surprising. nobody's lived in it yeah. for some time and it's set and, you know we've been in and out of several winters and you sure. know just different things but they'll be um meeting and uh, the reason i you know they don't announce i, I can't remember the last time that they actually had like a meeting like this so mm-hmm. just wanted to mention it that's uh, cool so that is, again, at noon on Saturday, and they'll be doing a number of things. And they'll also be doing ideas for fundraising and annual memberships, uh, meeting dates, times, and that kind of stuff. So be sure to look for that. Also on Saturday, the Jackson County Chapter of Ohio Genealogical Society will be meeting at 10.30 a.m. at the Jackson City Library's Potter Room. All are welcome to join and listen to family stories from the group's members. Okay. So that'll be going on Saturday as well. Uh, This coming week on Monday, the Jackson County Farmers Club will be meeting uh, 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. The evening's program uh, will feature the director for the benchmarking program for the OSU Extension. 
and they will be covering um, bench marking for a farming operation focusing on cattle. It says okay. the evening's meal will be served at a cost of $5 starting at 6.30 p.m. Everyone is welcome to attend. Uh, you can call Josh Winters at 740-688-5029 to register. They have some good food, too. Uh, Monday, uh, don't forget Monday is a holiday. Um, it's it Mar- is. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh, it is. You're right. And uh, on Monday, January 15th, at 1 p.m., the local branch of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or the NAACP, will be celebrating Martin Luther King Jr. Day at Paint Creek Baptist Church. That's at 833 3rd Avenue in Godpolis. Um, they will be having a guest speaker, and they will um, have that have that program down there for anybody who'd like to travel down to Gaia County. Yeah. And uh, on the same note there, we got to talk about local closures Okay. for that holiday yeah. here locally in Jackson and Benton County. You know, that holiday falls on Monday, and there will be entities in Jackson and Benton counties that will be closed in observance of that holiday. And when that happens, there, um, you know, there are offices that are closed, and the trash collection schedules may vary as well. So I'm going to run through those for the different municipalities. So if you're watching, listen up because this could affect could affect you if you got to pay bills or you want to know when your trash needs to be set out. Right. Pay attention. Yes. So uh, in the in the village of Colton, um, they will be closed on Monday. They'll reopen the following day on Tuesday, and the holiday does not affect their trash pickup schedule. So their trash will be picked up on Friday as normal. Oh, okay. Sometimes certain holidays. Yeah. Cause their, trash, <laughs> cause their trash to move a day. Yeah. And the city of Jackson, they'll be closed. They'll reopen the following day. Monday's trash will be picked up on Tuesday along with the regular route. So be sure to have your trash out early as crews will be running a double route that day. Okay. The uh, village of Oak Hill, they'll be closed as well. Reopen the following day. Their garbage collection service will be postponed by one day. Yep. In the city of Wellston... Theirs is a little different this year. I believe last year they were open, but this year it says the Wilson City offices are closed to the public. Okay. Garbage will be picked up on Monday as normal, and the the emails and voicemails will be checked regularly. Uh, the police department will remain accessible, and you can call them on their non-emergency line. They will be there okay. if you need them. As far as the Jackson County government offices go, um, they will all be closed on Mondays. That's like your courthouse and B&V and commissioner's office. Gotcha. All like auditor's office, all that. Is you know, school be closed. Out? I do believe school. Yes. Most of the local schools should be out as okay. well. And um, like I said, the B&V will be closed too. And uh, all those government offices should reopen on Tuesday. We're going to head to Vinton County, uh, the village of Hamden. They will be closed on Monday. Okay. And their garbage collection service will be postponed by one day. They should reopen the following day. Village of MacArthur, they are closed. They don't have any trash services. So I'm not sure how that works up there. <laughs> I don't know. People, it's just kind of a free-for-all. Maybe they get their own trash service. Like the Rumpke or something. Maybe. Or maybe like a local person mm. does it or something of that nature. Because you know how some people have like a business that yeah. does trash pickup. Um, the Vinton County government offices, so your courthouse, BNV, and all that stuff up there will be closed as well. And they should reopen on Tuesday for regular hours. Okay. Um, next week on Tuesday, the Jackson County Board of DD will hold its organizational and regular board meeting on Tuesday, January 16th. At 6 p.m., it'll be held at the Hope Haven School there at 822 Sellers Drive in Jackson. Okay. So if you're, uh, I'm sure that's probably open to the public. You want to participate? Interested in going to check it out. Uh, this is also coming up next week. The uh, Jackson County Airport Authority, uh, their meeting is typically, would have been on January 10th. It's typically when they would have met. But it had been rescheduled for this coming week, Wednesday, January 17th at 7 p.m. And the meeting is held at the James A. Rhodes Airport office. Okay. Beautiful facility out there. Yes, it is. If you haven't been out there, it's cool. It is very neat. Um, 
want to talk about the Jackson area YMCA. They have announced that their hiking program will be returning for 2024. It was very popular. It was. There was yeah. a lot of people that participated in it this past year. Um, they have announced that they have three scheduled hikes for 2024. Each hike starts at 10 a.m. And the hikes will be as followed. There'll be one on the 27th at Oper Falls. Is that how you say it? How you spell it? O-P-H-I-R. Oh, I don't know. Uh, is one of the locations. That's cool. Um, Never another, heard of it. So uh, cool. Somewhere here in Jackson County, <laughs> I suppose. Um, another one is Opal Opal Falls. That's on February 25th. And then the uh, Belgium Coke Forest, March 17th. Are you familiar? No. I'm not familiar with that one either. <laughs> I maybe that Where one maybe are these places maybe maybe some of maybe they aren't maybe they aren't all in Jackson County this year. What's it um, called? The Belgian Coke Forest is the one in March, March seventeenth. Um, it, it, they do say due to limited parking spots at the hiking locations, the YMCA will be offering transportation this year. Uh, it says only it only costs two dollars uh, per person, and oh. you know that's for for gas. It says registration for the hikes will be open two weeks prior to each hike, and there will be a prep class for each hike, and uh, this will be held at the Jackson Area YMCA on the Friday before. It's not mandatory, and uh, catch a glimpse at what you will see at each hike on the website at jacksonareayymca.org backslash hiking dash group. So the just so you know. Thanks, Google. Okay. The Belgian Coke Oven Ruins is... Um, is it here? It's uh, Vinton County. Vinton County, okay. In the Vinton For- Furnace State Forest, situated in the northern reaches of Ohio's Hanging Rock Iron Region. Well, there you go. Um, yeah. Interesting. So Vinton Furnace operated from 1854 to 1883. Uh, then it was converted to Coke for fuel in 1875. <clears throat> uh, the unique feature of the Vinton Furnace is the set of 24 Belgian Coke ovens, um, which I'm not going to be able to show online, but. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So they're, they're like, it's got like some a ruin, row of them. Ruins there. Yeah. Kind of cool. Interesting. Never heard. I don't know how I ever heard of that before. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot, lot of, of difference. There's a lot of different stuff in Jackson and Vinton County that um, you know we we've I think Pete's been on and talked about that Jackson County Board of New Tourism Board. Yeah. Hopefully, when they um, they get around, maybe they can. Well, they, I mean, they're they're formed and everything, but I know they'll be working on tourism. Yes. Hopefully, they can lots uh, of get a good stuff. list of like all this different stuff that's out there to yes. do. So. Oh, uh, we're uh, we're about out of time, so I'll just uh, save what's left here and uh, leave it to you, Jen. Well, very good. Well, we appreciate you spending the the morning with us, yeah, we, Jeremiah. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Hey, don't forget there will be maybe some gusty winds here um, coming up this weekend. May have some. Uh, I don't know if you got the weather. You got the weather, Hayden. Flurryish. I, I yeah. Look, there is some snow. We don't know some snow on there for what. Sunday and look snow different snow next week. I yeah, it's I guess we'll have to see. It's cold enough. Definitely cold enough. So like look at that. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's below freezing. So if there wasn't any precipitation of any kind, it's definitely gonna be snow. Yay. Can't wait. Maybe maybe we'll have the first first snow. Although we haven't had any snow yet, so we really really haven't. Now I will say uh, last Saturday there was a little bit of a change of snow. Out of my house. Well, and as quickly that as it was showed bizarre. up, bizarre. It, it was like slush. Then it was rain. Then, then it, it was, was yeah. a little bit of snow. So, yep. Um, yeah. So watch out though. This morning it was a little bit cold. Have a friend that already busted her rear end on some ice this morning that she thought was just water. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. There, there is that chance of just watch where you're yes. walking and stuff because it can happen. The, I about did that the other morning. Yeah, it can happen for sure. Top so. top step was a little slick. Yeah. <laughs> So. It's like Home Alone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll be right back here on Monday. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. 
This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com. Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton counties and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, TheTelegramNews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. TheTelegramNews.com. Subscribe today at TheTelegramNews.com. Check it out.